We just can't take a break here on the Sided Podcast because the debates just keep on rolling in on our website, Sided.co, as well as our Sided Debates app. So why take time off when we can continue to talk about the hottest topics that are on Sided? And today, I'm joined by Connor Nichols. Cameron, he's there with you as always. Connor, how's it going? Good to be here. Very thankful. Uh, excited to talk Padres. Brought the jersey out again. Um, Padres coming off a big... Uh, kind of series against the Dodgers so excited uh happy to be here always good uh thank you what we got today well let's get right into it make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel comment down below if you want to be on the sided podcast or if you have any suggestions or thoughts about the podcast or even if you just want to put your point down below because we're going to be debating six topics on here here on episode 14 of the sided podcast but you might think we're wrong so either comment down below or go to our website and app and if you're listening on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast from that's also in the description if you're here on YouTube or if you're listening welcome so let's get right into it we're going to go to topic number one and you see the Padres jersey that Connor is wearing so why not start with the Padres and go to sided this one courtesy of stir the pot has the Padres curse taken hold the answers or the options are up on your screen right now and of course the Padres are coming off a huge winning streak they're in a series against uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks right now but there are a few players on the Padres that are struggling this season it's a team that's third in the NL West are you saying that this Padres curse has taken hold here in 2021 Connor two minutes on the clock I'm going to say yes. Um, my job, of course, is to stir the pot, and you can't do that without making uh, hot takes here and there, throwing them left and right. Um, I'm going to say yes, the Padres curse is coming back to San Diego, and his name is Blake Snell. Unless Blake can do something about this, uh, we're going to have another uh, ish, uh, little situation for the Padres curse. I'm sorry about that, but um, everyone knows, everyone saw it with Matt Kemp. Uh, players usually, we usually uh, pay big money to get good players to bring them down to San Diego and treat it kind of like a vacation, kind of a work from home experience. Matt Kemp took a couple years off and then as soon as he leaves, he's back to normal again, hitting bombs. His batting average goes way up. Blake Snell coming off a great year, great season. He was one of the best pitchers in the league, uh, joins the Padres and now he's uh, ERA is at a 5.3, if I'm not mistaken. Um, every game, it's usually maybe a run or two in the first couple innings, and then he'll kind of get it together, lock up. But it's just been kind of atrocious for him this season, and all Padres fans are trying to get behind him, kind of get him out of this rut and really root for him to come back stronger than ever. Because a lot of fans do like to see uh, you, Darvish, and Snell kind of switching off in the ace role for the Padres. You Darvish has taken on that role very well, but a lot of fans I'm hearing love Blake Snell and they want to see him do better. And unless he can pull it together, I think this Padres curse is going to be known as the Blake Snell curse in the very near future. Yeah, I mean, that ERA needs to go down. Everyone knows that Blake Snell is one of the best pitchers in baseball, and he's not playing up to his potential on a team where potential right now is at an all-time high. The young players are showing out. Even some of the veteran guys, Nero Cosmer, Manny Machado, are playing well. But the pitchers, that's where it starts with the Padres, because over the past couple of years, you could even say the last decade, the pitchers is what's been taking the Padres down. But I'm going to disagree with you and say, no, this has just been a tough stretch. 
stretch for this Padres team. You don't just talk about the road series. And I know that Rocky series was atrocious. You mentioned mm. it, but I'm going to also go with the Tough fact that they had to, right. They had to face Jacob deGrom twice and then play the Cubs on two occasions. The Cubs, one of the hottest teams in baseball right now. I understand what you're saying with Blake Snell and that maybe being a curse, but a lot of pitchers go through ruts. It's unfortunate that Snell is one of them during this time with his first year with the Padres, but I'm going to take it to the batting side. Everyone was saying that about Manny Machado in his first year in San Diego. Give Blake Snell some time. Next year, I think he has a better season. If he can pick it up later in the year, that'll help. His last few outings have not been that bad. I know the ERA is still high, but I'm going to disagree with you and say this is not a curse because this Padres team is playing well. They're going to go through their ruts. They had that tough series in Houston where they were playing every single game into extra innings. The Padres needed a rest, and their form of rest was playing bad baseball during that stretch against really good teams. So I'm going to say no curse, but I'm also going to say that Blake Snell, yes, he hasn't picked up the curse, but he needs to get it together. Now let's go back to sided for topic number two. Theodore Duenas posts this all-time favorite San Diego Charger. Of course, the Chargers now in LA, but you know them by their powder blues with the Bolts in San Diego. The options are on the screen. LaDainian Tomlinson, Philip Rivers, Dan Fouts, Kellen Winslow, Antonio Gates, and Junior Seau. Out of those guys, who are you giving me with two minutes on the clock, Connor? Well, first things first, never thought uh, the Chargers would uh, come out of my mouth again after what they did to the San Diego community, but I'm going to have to uh, stick with a San Diego Charger here. Uh, one of the best, if not the best, uh, one of the fan favorites and my personal favorite, LaDainian Tomlinson, the man, the myth, the legend, the yard guy now. What does he do, lawns? Uh, I think he, I, th I see him in lawn commercials now all the time. Yeah. Back in the day, he used to be running the lawn at a Qualcomm. Um, this guy if not the most exciting player to watch ever as a kid. I remember going to games and I remember him jumping over uh, the linemen into the end zone. I remember him breaking tackles like it was nothing. You needed three, if not four guys or more to stop this guy on every play. And I think if you get a player as exciting like that, who can make a play on almost any down of football uh, or break something free, he was really like a Saquon Barclay before uh, Saquon was in the league. And it was just magical to watch. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I mean, Connor, how can I argue with you? Back in 2006, this guy had over 1,800 yards and 113 yards per game. One of the best to ever do it in a Charger uniform. But I'm going to go with a guy that I've always regarded as my favorite Charger because I watched him play more, and that's Antonio Gates. Because oh, with wow. the Ladanian Tomlinson area era, I would have loved to been, you know, you know, when you're younger and you don't really remember it as much, I would have loved to actually love sports as much as I do when LT was in his prime. Unfortunately, I was five years old, so that really didn't come into effect. I'm going Antonio Gates, a guy that has 116 touchdowns in his career and his camaraderie with Philip Rivers over those, you know, over those plentiful years with the Chargers, it's something else. He's one of the best tight ends to ever do it. And I love Antonio Gates as a player. On top of that, he just, he transcended the tight end game with, with so many other greats. But the fact that he was on the Chargers, a team that didn't have that much success it made it all the better because you could root for an individual player that was so good at his craft 
So I'm going to go Antonio Gates. LT is a close second for me. I think it's awful that on-sided right now, Antonio oh, Gates say, your boy's has 6.25% of the votes. Are you kidding me? Do me a favor if you're listening. Go to our website, sided.co, or download our Sided Debates app. Make an account. Go to Theodore Duenez's question and vote Antonio Gates. I'm not asking you to make me the majority because right now that's to Junior Seau and then it goes to LT. But come on, 6%. This is one of the best tight ends to ever do that. I think that is absolutely crazy. Please go unsighted. Please vote Gates because I don't even have to ask you to vote Gates. He's that good and he's that beloved in San Diego. You should vote Antonio Gates. So please Go do that right now. That's awful, Connor. Yeah, it is a little disrespectful. I'm not going to lie. I mean, hey, the good thing is that Antonio Gates is still in the record books in so many categories that his name and his craft speaks for itself. Now, let's go on to the next topic, and we're going to go to baseball now. This one, courtesy of Cited MLB Talk. ESPN Award Index says Jacob deGrom is the NL MVP. Here's how they rank the top five. But Connor, who's your choice? It goes number one, Jacob deGrom, number two, Zach Wheeler, three, Kevin Gossman, four, Fernando Tatis Jr., and five, Ronald Acuna. With two minutes on the clock, are you, you know, agreeing with all the power indexes and going with number one and Jacob deGrom? Are you going to throw out another guy on that list? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be a true fan. I wouldn't come on here wearing this jersey just to go on and say, yeah, sure, Jacob deGrom, uh, MVP. That That's just not going to happen, Cam. Uh, he's having a great season. He's he's had a great career, honestly. Probably the best pitcher to ever do it. But um, I'm not going to lie. Fernando Tatis is going to – he's changing baseball as we speak. Um, the kid is – the kid, El Nino, is – the best player in baseball. I think he's going to surpass Mike Trout. MLB Network was saying this maybe a year ago, and it was probably one of the – it was the craziest thing to hear as a Padres fan who, first of all, our team's never talked about on MLB Network. And for them to be talking about Fernando Tatis, comparing him to Mike Trout, saying he has potential to go further than Mike Trout is just so exciting. And the kid is already in the MVP race uh, this early on in his career. I think he's not even in his prime yet. You see he's making defensive errors left and right. He can hit the ball even better than he is doing now. Uh, the kid's just not in his prime yet, and that's scary for other teams, honestly. So uh, if not this year, an MVP is coming up soon. Uh, Fernando just got to stick at it. Uh, he's going to get one soon, so stay tuned. I agree with that. Now, one thing that you mentioned was changing the game. And a guy that I want to bring up is Steph Curry, because when he was changing the game, he was an MVP talks. He won back-to-back -back MVPs. So there's a, you know, there's a huge conversation for the mixture of great play and a guy that is changing the game and bringing his own flair. As much as I want Tatis, and if you've listened to our previous episodes, if you haven't, go listen to the previous 13 episodes. I said that Fernando Tatis would be the MVP, but I also didn't think that Jacob deGrom could sustain what he was putting forward on a baseball field. You're talking about a guy with a 0.50 ERA and he's batting over 400. Now I'm not going to give, you know, too much to that stat because he's not at the plate as much as some of these other batters, but for the, the fact that he has, uh, what is it? Is it 11 hits or 11 RBIs, whichever one it is on top of the fact that he has a sub one ERA and not just a sub one ERA almost has a sub 
0.5 ERA. It's a joke. Jacob DeGrom right now is the best pitcher in baseball. I think that he has an argument if he continues this and keeps this up, that this is the best season that you've ever seen from a pitcher in baseball. And if he continues this in the next couple seasons, that he's the best pitcher to ever do it. Because this is a joke at this point. If he's yeah, one thing positive, I will point out is uh, to give him credit too is uh, his, you see a lot of pitchers after the, uh, the spider attack incident uh, came out. Uh, your, your favorite pitcher uses it. Everyone uses some sort of substance, but Jacob deGrom's numbers have not dropped in the slightest since, well, like all these other pitchers, since uh, spider attack has been discovered and all these pitchers are getting kind of a, they're kind of suspect uh, now out there on the mound. Um, Jacob deGrom's numbers have stayed steady the entire season. Unlike almost every other pitcher in the MLB, you've heard whining, you've heard complaining. You've heard, you've heard it all from almost any pitcher. The grip they can't get. They're worried about injuries. Jacob DeGrom is gas on the mound, and he is sticking with it. He's proven everyone wrong. He doesn't need spider tack. He's just that good, honestly. And, Connor, the scariest part is you talk about, you know, the the idea that injuries – you know, there could be more injuries because of the fact that the MLB is cracking down on the sticky substances. Jacob deGrom is still throwing 100 to 101. Yeah, I mean, it's a joke. So I'm looking at him as the number one candidate for the NL MVP. I think he wins the Cy Young easily. So that's why I was kind of favoring Tatis saying, well, he could take the Cy Young. I'll give it the MVP to Tatis. But at this point, DeGrom is proving that he could snag the AL Cy Young at this point. He doesn't even play in the AL. It's Speaking it's of a- Tatis, live update on the San Diego-Arizona Diamondbacks game. Fernando, 400-foot bomb. I mean, and, and we... Odds we, up, we, who's it? We record this the, uh, uh, the day before we post it. So that game will already be over. But hey, we give live updates as well because he got the Padres jersey on and Tatis is continuing to prove himself as not just one of the best young players in baseball, but one of the best players in baseball in general. But still, I'm going with DeGrom because of how he's personified greatness over the first half of the season. Let's head on to the next topic. And wow, what a way to parlay into topic number four because we're talking about the Padres race this one from bob rouch on sided bob it's nice to to finally get a topic of yours on the podcast here on episode 14 cameron he's there with connor nichols and this one is about your beloved pods connor padres Mm -hmm. swept the dodgers uh, this past week and it, it looked like the energy was high it looked like this padres team i mean almost came out of their shell it, it was a joke it was you lose 13 of 17 and all of a sudden you think you're going downhill and this Padres team looked like they, you know, they didn't even go on that losing streak. And that bodes the question. Padres swept the Dodgers. Are they better? Yes or no, Connor, with two minutes on the clock? I'll say one thing, and uh, that is the Padres are a very young team and they like to take things personal. And if there is a personal side to any game, uh, if there's any trash talking going on or any, uh, things in between plays, uh, the Padres are going to turn something on because they like to let you know they're better than you. Um, They have been slipping up recently, but uh, every series against the Dodgers is just electric wherever it is. It can be LA or SD. Uh, Fans will pack that stadium. Uh, The games will just be absolute. The energy there will just be absolutely electric. But the Padres, (laughs) are they better than the Dodgers? On paper, maybe not. But on the field, I'm going to say yes. 
Padres, 100%. We are younger. We are faster. We can hit better. And I think our pitching is coming together quite a, a little bit better than the Dodgers, at least. I feel like the Dodgers pitching or bullpen is kind of falling apart. Uh, Dustin May, uh, is it? He's uh, out for the season. Uh, he's getting surgery, right? Mm-hmm. For yeah, the that, that's a big loss for them. He was one of their better pitchers that I've been watching. I think he's going to be amazing. But a tough loss for them this season. Um, I think the Padres take everything personal. And especially with the Dodgers, uh, they do come out of their shell, like you said. And me and Justin were telling you, Jake the Rake, one of our favorite new prospects. But uh, he just went off. He homered in almost every game, right? Every game. Every, every game, game, yeah. Yep. Kid's unbelievable. Uh, if you have players, all they need is one player a game to turn it on. They can win. Uh, you've seen the sloppy gameplay and the sloppy losses uh, they've come off of. I think uh, Tingler had the boys just pull it together for the series, uh, and they really, uh, they really showed fans what they can do. Yeah, shout out Mark Grant for an unbelievable call there, the Padres color commentator, Jake from Rake Farm. I, that, that made me chuckle, and I love that. And I love that, that play-by-play and color commentary crew for the Padres. But the right answer here is no. Uh, the preferable answer is yes, because we, we both support the Padres. But the right answer at this moment is no. The Dodgers have better pitching. I know that the pitching is finally coming through. It looks like Joe Musgrove is is not just it wasn't just a fluke that no hitter he's finally proving that he can go back to his prime self that he was you know in his Pittsburgh era and when people you saw Joe Musgrove as a really good two three guy uh, as a guy on the mound Blake Snell is fine I'm excited he's settling in very well right And, and Blake Snell finally coming into his own like we were talking about you Darvish Fastest player to 1,500 strikeouts. Congratulations, you Darvish. And he's playing unbelievable baseball. I was at the Monday game, and you can just hear the crowd and just real. I think you, if you come to San Diego, you realize that it's finally turning into a baseball town, even though this is the only team that San Diego fans can support other than if you support the Chargers. This is finally becoming a baseball fan uh, uh, town. You can hear go Padres, but unfortunately, when it comes to the team, the Dodgers have better hitters. They're getting out of you know this injury stint that Cody Bellinger's coming back. Max is going to come back. I don't know with mm-hmm. Corey Seager, but all these guys are coming back. And at the end of the day, these are the defending world champions and the pitchers are going to improve over time. They have more playoff experience. I just think that the Padres at this moment, they're really hot and cold. And that doesn't mean they're a better team than the Dodgers. I think that the Dodgers are way too consistent. If the Padres can find that consistency and stop going on winning streaks and then lose a bunch of games to bad teams, I think that I will be more confident saying that the Padres are better. But the Padres are playing some of their best ball. The Dodgers aren't. And the Dodgers are still up in the division standings. So yeah, I'm going to go on paper. The Dodgers are a super team. It's right. You, yeah. you go and look at that roster, and honestly, half the time they have a couple starters out even, and it's still just unbelievable. That I think we scary. forget I think we forget they have Mookie Bats. That's how yeah. scary this Dodger team is. You forget about the talent on that on that team because they're not playing their best baseball. A lot of guys are having down seasons, and the injuries are, I mean, taking over at this point in the mid part mm-hmm. of the season. I'm going to go the Dodgers are better than the Padres, but – give it time. This Padres team looks like they're having a lot more fun. And I'd rather have the team that's having a lot more fun 
then that looks better on paper. Yeah, That's I'll ask you this. What does that say about their uh, their World Series recently, uh, the 60-game season, huh? I mean, but my thought is, what it's does like it a, say about the Padres? Like a ring pop they got on their finger to me. It, it could be, it could have been a, a fluke type of season, but at the end of the day, they won the World Series. And I'm looking forward to seeing how the Padres can progress in a 162 game year, because there's a lot of games left. And I fully expect the Dodgers to come out in a flurry in the second half of the season. That's why I'm not giving it to the Padres right now. I'm going to wait till the second half of the season when I come back on the sided podcast, when you're back on with that Padres jersey, then we can have that conversation. Now let's go to the fifth topic before our final debate of the day. This one from the charity stripe is trading for Ben Simmons, a good move for the Warriors. We've been focusing on baseball, but why not switch it to the hardwood? The answers it gives you. Yeah, it's a good fit for Ben or no way he's doo doo. So what are you giving me with two minutes on the clock? Well, Ben is a Ben is a very uh, strange case. He's a great great player overall, but he's just he's just lacking in some very basic skills. Um, it's kind of laughable sometimes, but uh, he is a great player still. Um, I think the Warriors, especially, are a team that need more scorers on the court. Uh, ever since they lost a couple of their guys, uh, I say lost a couple of other guys, acting like they weren't a super team, but still, uh, they're not used to. Um, just Curry on the court. He's always had a little bit of help. And uh, this year was, it seemed like the first year in a while he's just been by himself. And uh, let's face it, Draymond Green isn't the best. He's not going to get you points on the board. And I think uh, putting Ben Simmons in that roster could help him uh, with their game a little, especially uh, kicking the ball out to give Curry more open shots. But yeah, what do you think? Ben Simmons, I think great player still needs like, some coach needs to come in and just help this kid, but yeah, he needs work. Yeah, he's an awful fit for the Warriors. What do the Warriors already have? They have a point guard. What is Ben Simmons and what does he want to be? He wants to be a ball handling first point guard. Steph Curry needs to bring the ball up the court. That's why Clay Thompson is so good as a two or a three, mainly a three, that he can come off screens and, and, and whether it be off ball movement or someone that can even drive to the rim. When Clay Thompson comes back, this Warriors team will look, you know, it'll look a lot more normal from what we're expecting from the Splash Brothers you put Ben Simmons in that system what do you have to move Curry to the two are you saying that Ben Simmons is going to finally surrender and be like I get it I'm 6'10 I'll be a three or a four no because he doesn't have a he doesn't have a jump shot so I understand the passing point but when you look at Draymond Green Green is a better defender Green brings a lot more energy to the court every single day on top of that you could say that Ben Simmons is a better passer but I don't care if Draymond Green can give you 10 assists with the production that he gives every single day. Ben Simmons is younger. He has that going for him. The longevity is there for the Warriors, but I just don't think that if you put Ben Simmons on the Warriors, it'll make that much of a difference because what do you have to give up? So now you have to think of that caveat. You give up what, a guy like Draymond Green? Do you give up your seventh and 14th pick this season? No, you can pick up a couple guys that can complement Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, and Steph Curry because all those guys are nearing out of their prime. I think if Ben Simmons goes to the Warriors, that would be a better deal for the Sixers, whoever the Sixers get. Well, That's just why. Sixers are getting rid of Ben, but um, the Warriors still need some. Like you said, they got a couple. They got a lot of players actually getting a, a little bit older. Um, Draymond getting out of his prime a little. I think Ben uh, replacing Draymond even would uh, average more assists per game 
than Draymond. I just I just like his passing. I like his drive uh, ability. And then um, I would love to see him just dishing it to Clay or Curry all game. Like I, I think that would just be some beautiful basketball to watch. I just I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I just think there's too many cooks in the kitchen in the backcourt. And when you're talking about Ben Simmons, if he finally realizes that he's more of a four because he can't score and he's a pass first, almost stretch, you know, stretch four, stretch three. If he can realize that, yeah, he can fit on the Warriors. I just think he wants to be a one way too bad. And we've seen, you know, what it does for the 76ers. Give Curry the reins, make the number two, Clay Thompson. Your number three guy has to be Draymond Green. And what follows is a bunch Mm. of consistent shooters and then James Wiseman. So I'm not a big fan of Ben Simmons in that situation, but the Sixers should definitely get rid of him if they can get a good deal for that 6'10 Australian point guard. Now let's go to our final debate of the day. It's going to be a fun one, Connor. We're going to put a minute up on the clock and this one courtesy of Tommy on our website, sided.co, as well as our Sided Debates app. What is your favorite food or drink at Petco Park or another park that you've watched a game? There's a bunch of options. There's whether it be Dodger Dogs, because that's one of the most iconic uh, food options there is in the major leagues. There's just, you know, hot dogs at Petco in general. There's just the peanut popcorn Cracker Jack people. Some people like nachos, a specialty at Petco's Ho-Dads. There's a lot of barbecue at Petco as well. There's a lot of options at Petco Park. With a minute on the clock, you're sporting the San Diego Padres jersey. So why not support, you know, the food options there too? If you go to Petco Park, what are you getting, Connor? Well, first of all, if I'm going to watch a baseball game, first option is Petco. I mean, where else would you rather be? That park is beautiful. But um, so ambiance is there. If we're treating this like a restaurant, ambiance is a big thing. Ambiance is 10 out of 10 for Petco. Food, on the other hand, you're right in the heart of downtown San Diego. Nice Mexican food area. I love Mexican. It's one of my favorites. There, uh, we got some tri-tip tacos, I think, from a, I forget what the stand's name is, but that's usually my go-to. Um, the Cardiff Crack nachos. Are you kidding me? It's a joke. I, I mean, if you if you haven't tried Cardiff Crack nachos, like you're doing something wrong. And I promise it is, you know, it is uh, kid friendly. I know it doesn't sound like it, but it is so good. Oh. We got other restaurant. We got like an actual sit down restaurant in there too, besides just the uh, the food stands and then the uh, yeah the just concession stands, the actual Petco Park uh, concessions. But uh, we got a lot of options. A lot of them are gas. Almost as gas as Jacob Degrom, but uh, <laughs> a lot of options. So you're going the tri-tip. See, now this is interesting because when I, whenever I'm at a baseball game, you have to go with the classics, get a hot dog, maybe some peanuts. Peanuts last me the entire game, so it keeps me occupied while I'm watching while I'm watching the game. Yeah, you have to be smart. But if I'm at Petco, there's so many options. They have Italian food. They have Mexican food, burritos, tacos, whatever it may be. I love barbecue. And I know Phil's barbecue is no longer there and it's grand old barbecue or whatever it is, but I love, I love whatever it is. I love barbecue at the baseball game because it's filling. You can get, you know, whether it be pulled pork, whatever it is with the sides that they offer, the coleslaw, the macaroni salad, the French fries. I just love the options. Petco is by far the best ballpark in all of America. And on top of that, they have the best food options. So I don't think you can go wrong when you go to Petco, but I'd recommend if you're going to Petco Park, don't be basic, don't be simple, get the barbecue. It's so good. It is, it is so good. 
Try tamatas or tacos. Hey, we're not just here to debate. We're here to give you food suggestions too. As that wraps up episode 14 of the Sided Podcast. Connor, this has been a lot of fun and it's crazy that we're already so far through this podcast series. If you haven't watched our previous videos or listened to them, go down below in the description. You can let us listen on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast from or just subscribe and watch our previous videos because we're doing this almost every single day. It's just content and more content on sports and whatever you like and food at times. This has been episode 14 of the Sided Podcast. Connor Nichols with the Padres jersey that's sweet Padres jersey. Cameron Isaiah here. You don't have to wait much longer to hear our voices again. We'll catch you next time.